0: Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to Refresh Rate, our check-in on the media that we've been enjoying lately over here at Scanline Media. I'm Six Detmar.
1: I'm Jennifer Uncle.
0: I'm Curier Page. It's been a month. Yep, been a month. You haven't done anything that you can talk about on the pod, you're fired. Yeah, exactly. You, n-
2: you just can't. Can't. Ah. Ah, what was that? What
0: <laughs> I'm gonna, you know what? Jen, I'm sorry, Curie's fired. Yeah, I'm
2: fired. Oh, okay. uh, I'm tired. Although last month I didn't, I was in the middle of Oticon prep, but it's been a month since Oticon. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's been pretty fun. Um, yeah, been uh, putting up those interviews. Really like, I really did enjoy doing those. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been good to, like, you know, not worry about Otakon prep for a little bit, because I was really, like, focused on that for a bit.
0: On to the next con. Yeah,
2: uh October. Middle of October, I believe, uh, will be Anime USA. I'm going to print in my press application pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be fun.
0: Well, before you do that, you're going to have some explaining to do about what you've been enjoying lately in the world or just generally have I guess you don't have to enjoy it you could just have thoughts
2: I have thought. on, on things I have thoughts on stuff
0: but I want to go first sure put my foot down all right so everyone is extremely sick of hearing about Final Fantasy 14 which is why I'm here to talk about that. we're actually going to talk about something that people don't talk about very much because it's only been out for a couple days.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, that new, like, I mean, we're in that period of like post the like release of the full expansion. We're now in like what that season of like little uh, patches before, like presumably the next big thing.
0: I mean, you know, little patches is a, is a relative description. These are, I, I, you know, they consider them major content patches, and they include a fair bit. And that's actually why I'm here, is because of patch 6.2 and, and, and part of it um, that I'd like to talk about. So, yeah. um, I'm actually not cut up on the story right now. They put out a... so, there's As one of the first parts of the story they added in 6.1, there's a part where it pops up and it says, Hey, you're about to watch a long cutscene. And uh, you won't be able to skip it, so if you have any, like, you know, like, Dungeon Finder stuff, it calls it Duty Roulette, uh, that you're waiting on, you should probably cancel that. And I basically log in in order to do my dungeons, and, uh, anything else I do in the meantime while waiting for the dungeons to pop. So that's just meant I haven't done that cutscene, and so I'm nowhere on the story. <laughs> ah, okay. Post, post, you know, the main campaign, anyway. I did right. that. Post but... con- yeah,
2: post-conclusion, Hank uh-huh. Walker.
0: Um, but... Without, um, you know, without spoiling anything about about the story of Endwalker or, or, you know, things up till then. um, Patch 6.2, story-wise, takes place at a point in time where it is kind of a back-to-basics moment for for you and and the heroes of the realm, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Looming threats have been put in some manner of resolution where they are less pressing. um, And it's like, okay... uh, Let's try and just deal with everyday problems, as opposed to, you know, like, three gods refusing to form a super god to destroy the concept of reality or whatever the fuck, right? right. Like, it's... Final Fantasy has a tendency to, to to just keep escalating.
2: Sure, but it is nice when... Uh, like, this is a thing that I observe in, like, other works that tend to have, like, a lot of, like, clear escalation, like Shonen manga tend to do this pretty frequently, that... After the big arc, there's just a little bit of time to breathe for the characters to do, like, mundane things, which I always like that moment in those stories. There
0: hasn't been a lot of that in Final Fantasy fourteen, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been, like, less pressing threats, but very often the case has been like, okay, we stopped this big evil, now to do all the politicking to make that work, right? right. It's been like, okay, we, like, one of them... Legitimately was like, okay, we liberated this country from the evil empire. Now we need how to to figure out how to kickstart their economy and deal with unemployment.
2: Right, like the Um, the little things you don't think about after saving the world.
0: Yeah, and that's like it's been interesting. It's been kind of refreshing that it's willing to dive into that level of politics. But it is not always that much of an easing of tensions. And I certainly wouldn't call it like chill. Um, However. Patch six point two. One of the main features um, sees uh, Tataru, who is kind of like um, a friend and an entrepreneur and a, a, a sort of a, a a main point of contact for a lot of your gang, being like, "Hey, you should you should relax. You should find a place to chill. And actually, I have a great opportunity for you. I have managed to secure an island, and uh, you can have it." And you're like, oh, I, I guess I can have thanks, this island. Thanks, Tataru. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh, Tataru's great. Yeah, I love her. Um, she is
2: one of my favorites
1: of the Scions. Like, she's so good.
0: There's patch a... 6.2, they added a portrait of her you can get.
1: Let's yeah. go! <laughs> is there a butt attached to you're getting an island for free?
0: Yeah, of course. It's Tataru. It's is, Tataru. <laughs> uh, Tataru. is unfortunately a capitalist. She has a sickness. Um, and boy, I wish I'd known how bad it was. Um... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because so she's like, okay, so basically, um, one of the three major friendly nations is uh called Limsa Lomensa, and they are basically a uh, a bunch of pirates working together to form their own country.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and in in recent years, since let's say the start of this game, it's been like, hey, we've been doing less piracy and more like being a legit nation. Um And so I guess that means we can cast off some pirate things. Those aren't as important. Um, We have these, like, islands that we've had on the maps, you know, where, like, you know, people would, I guess, bury their treasure or whatever. And that seems like a really stupid use of an island. And we've got a billion of them. So I guess, like, if people have good ideas as to what to do with these islands, we're listening. And Tataro was like, well, what if I had a person who's killed, like, 70 gods take over it? and uh and do some stuff. And they're like, "I yeah, I guess that's fair. She, that that lady seems like she knows her way around. Gods, she probably knows her way around business, right?" Um and so you get there and they're like, "Okay. So, here's your island. I'm going to leave. This is all yours." Um "Oh, thanks." And here are some little robot buddies who are going to help you out." And you're like, "Help me out with what?" And they're like, "Oh, well, so first of all, you can have them build a little house for you, like a little a little, you know, hangout for you." It's like, okay, great, right? And this is where we get into its Minecraft Stardew Valley thing,
2: right? Sure, like a sort of, you know, the way you describe that is you are harvesting materials from the island and then turning that into a sort of game of growing stuff.
0: Yeah, and and so you can, like, you can grow crops, you can capture some animals on the island, and then sort of, like, you know, feed them and take care of them and get the the byproducts of that. Um, You can, you know, build buildings of various sorts. Um, And this is where it takes a dark turn for me. Mm. Which is, okay, so you're getting all this stuff, right? What do you do with it? Well... What do you do? Uh, well, you can't just sell cabbage. No one's going to buy cabbage. A- apparently, I feel like people would buy cabbage. I buy um, some fucking cabbage. I like cabbage. I love cabbage. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. But no, you can't just buy. You can't just sell cabbage. Oh. Uh, you have to process it into finished goods. But you're busy. You're the warrior of light. You have things to do. hmm That's why you build workshops. Oh, no. For your robots. <laughs> and... All of this, everything on this island, and it is constantly all the time that you're on the island. As soon as you've completed like the opening tutorials and stuff, just constantly on screen is just like it, it, the, the objective, build your perfect island getaway. That's not what you're fucking doing. <laughs> what you're doing is you're creating these workshops for your robots to work in, and you tell them what to do. And it takes a certain amount of time. Most of the things I have for them to do right now are four hours, and you set up schedules. There's no way to speed any of this up. There is no free-to-play integration. Oh, and this I'll is, like, right now.
2: real-time, sort of, like, I log into Final Fantasy XIV at 4 p.m. I tell my robots to do something. At 8 p.m., they, they're they done.
0: Right. And then they'll automatically sell it on the market, and you'll earn some of this special currency. Um that's right, you're earning company dollars. You're not earning real money. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, Tataru has really taken a dark turn in this. And it's
0: it's worse because they make it, like, if it was just like, oh, and then your robots take care of this, right? It's like, all right, this is a little weird, but okay. They specifically have a mechanic where it's like, okay, you can lay out the schedule for the week. Uh, you have to include two days where they don't work, though. Everybody needs rest. And you're like, okay, now you're making this a fucking... Now you're making this a sweatshop, and I don't like that.
1: Yeah, the the in-game mechanic to, like, meter out time spent doing this thing has specific labor rates, essentially.
0: Yes, yes, it's like, no, they need, they need two days off. Otherwise, you can work them as much as you want. Listen, I mean, what are they gonna do about it, right? Uh, and... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cute stuff. Um, You can go out and you can gather resources, you can catch some animals, you can explore a little bit. Um, But I hear you, I, I hear you asking the question, right? I hear you saying, But Six, is it any good? Kyrie, that's a fantastic question. You know, Final Fantasy Uh XIV is a great game. Yes. With some really incredible gameplay designers and some excellent writing and some cool level design. Mm -hmm. And it's fucking boring and there's nothing to goddamn do. (laughs) Uh,
1: I was kind of expecting this since, like, Final Fantasy XIV, they've really tried to add so many different mechanics and minigames and stuff over the years and, like... I got really excited back when they announced that roguelike mini game, and then I played it for 10 minutes and never came back to it.
0: <laughs> it's better than this. Um, that roguelike mode is, if you're playing with friends, it is a thing to do with your hands while you're talking to your friends. This isn't that. Um, like, okay, imagine if...
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Minecraft, right? Sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Little, okay. Little blocky man. Yeah, that's that's yeah.
0: First of all, mm-hmm. uh there are no enemies. All
2: right, yeah, like that.
0: Uh there's no like food or other survival mechanics, right? Uh you can't just hit any block and get stuff. There are like special blocks. You'll see like a special glowing block and if you hit it it'll disappear and you'll get one of that resource, right? Mhm. Um and then oh, that's it. Oh. That's it. That's all you do is you run in circles and click on a tree, and then you get a log. Does it Um,
2: give you access to, like, special cosmic... Because usually that's what you do for these side games, like, in these big MMOs, is, like, you have this, like, kind of banal or banal, like, this sort of, like, not-so-fun mode, but at least you get, like, a cool hat or something.
0: You can get new hairstyles. They have two hairstyles tied to this. There's some other, like, pets and stuff. I mostly care about hairstyles. Mm -hmm. Um... So it costs 6,000 uh, seafarers cowries um, to... as part of the opening quest. I got about 4,000 of them, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, damn, I'm really close. And so I set up my day's work, uh, day's worth of, of stuff for my my robots to do, you know, my borderline slave labor. And then I logged off and I came and I woke up and at uh, noon today, I logged in and checked. And they were like, "All right, we did everything just as you said. Uh, you actually set things up really well, so we were extra efficient and we made extra stuff and sold extra stuff. Here are your winning your earnings: seventy three seafarers calories. <laughs> okay, so you're saying, so you're saying it would take me like two months.
1: Uh, gotta keep you busy somehow while they're working on the new story content, huh? Well,
0: the story content's in this too. Like this is a thing that." okay so first of all wow did this a decade ago and did it better they had a farming thing in the game too uh which here are some things that wow did one Mm
2: -hmm.
0: crops it's it's just crops they grow in a single day uh i'm on day two my crops have barely sprouted i hope these things don't grow in fucking real time um
2: Based two, on, like the, like, the sun cycles of, like, the in-game server or whatever. Something, something. something ridiculous, um, yeah.
0: Two, uh, WoW had quests for you to do, uh-huh. right? Where they were like, hey, why don't you grow some of this? Or, hey, why don't you, you know, help us with, you know, this other person's farm? None of that here.
2: Yeah, and at the very least, I think with some of those side modes, at least you could get some passive, like, little XP gain for your character as well. Uh, not here. Not here, okay. Oh, wait, in not 14 here. or in WoW?
0: In fourteen, and wow, you could. That's yes. that's kind of what, um,
2: That's kind of what I was saying yeah. because at the very least, even those like menial tasks or whatever could, in theory, be part of the broader goal of gaining experience for your characters.
0: Totally, totally, that would be nice. Um, also, uh, it was, your farm in in uh, wow was in the middle of a major town you would just head to this point in the major town that you were passing through all the time and do your farming here. You have to head to a remote place to travel to this remote Island. And so far I haven't unlocked a way to head directly there, which is obnoxious because they've made it even more high upkeep than the wow one, which you got to all the time. Anyway, also I'm not fucking getting anything for this. It's not fun. It takes forever. It's way out of the way. It's, like, boring to walk around. Like most of Final Fantasy Fourteen, they have some cool architecture now and then, but they have no fucking concept of level design unless it's in a dungeon. It's just terrible.
1: So what
2: you're saying is, look forward to Harvest... Harvest... Was that? What's that new? Part? Harvestella. 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 Yes. Well, I mean, it's probably just one of those things that I imagine that at the at the machine that keeps Final Fantasy fourteen running. This might have been like some side thing to be like, well, I don't know, we could put something in. And unfortunately that means it doesn't get all the love and care it needs to be like a full thing.
0: I don't want it to get the love and care it needs, because when that happens in Final Fantasy Fourteen it's even fucking worse. Mm-hmm. Because any time, like, okay, let's talk about another non-combat thing you can do. Let's talk about the crafting in Final Fantasy fourteen. So, in WoW, in World of Warcraft, the way crafting works is you get materials mm-hmm. for the thing. If you have enough skill to make it, you hit craft. A bar fills up. You've made the item. That's not fun, right? Right. It's fast, but it's not fun.
2: Yeah.
0: So, in Final Fantasy 14 they're like, okay... So there are low-quality and high-quality versions of everything. So you can get high-quality versions of the materials to make a high-quality item. Also, you can affect it by, like, the process isn't just you click it and you fill a bar. It's, like, imagine that you, like, have a whole—like, let's 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 use making a sword as an example. Imagine that you have different hammer strokes that you can use. And it is, like, turn-based, but you can play a turn that is, like, wait for the metal to cool or, like, add to the fire, right? And it's this whole involved thing.
1: Oh, that that sounds really good. Like Dragon Quest Eleven was really s- had a similar crafting system, and that was great. It was like solving a little puzzle to make your weapons better. Yeah,
0: it's an interesting system, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not super engaging because it gets a little repetitive, but it's like okay, there's stuff here. So, what wow, what sorry, what Final Fantasy fourteen will do anytime it has a system like this, right? Is it says oh okay, so we built this whole thing. Do it 10,000 times for every level. And like, just kill me. Just kill me. Just kill me. <laughs> like, anytime they have anything, they just, like, run it into the ground and then keep going and keep going and keep going. And it's just insufferable. I like Final Fantasy fourteen. I like it better than World of Warcraft. It is embarrassing how they have however not managed to learn a single thing from World of Warcraft. The th- the areas where World of Warcraft does things better, they've done it better for 20 fucking years. And Final Fantasy has made no effort to catch up. Right? Uh it's just so it's like they'll add more stuff to this. Oh sure. I I'll probably, like, I'll probably do the things to get the hairstyles. I like getting every hairstyle in the game. Mm-hmm. Then I will never touch this again, and when they revamp it, unless they add more hairstyles, I'm not fucking coming back. Yeah. A- and I love these games, you know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Play it, all, the, all the farming games.
2: Yeah, it's like, it is like it is frustrating to have, like, this mode that just shows up, and it's... it As good as 14 can be. Because you know, if it's story, characters, gameplay, whatever, it is really like it's quite something to see something like that and see how blatant it is in terms of some someone at the studio was just like, Well, we need something to waste the player's time, right? Yeah, like when you see that put right in front of you, it's like it. it at at the best of times, you know, game development, video games or whatever can be this magical thing where anything's fucking possible, but it, it, but then sometimes you just see the, like, you know, that.
1: <laughs> yeah, as someone who likes to dip into quite a number of uh, mobile games, this definitely sounds like it has mobile game syndrome in terms of like, okay, we gotta find a way to just keep people coming back for months.
0: And the thing that Final Fantasy often doesn't get, and I think this is another instance of it, is even mobile games are able to, like, dangle a shiny thing in front of you to make you do it, right?
2: right? Yeah, because it's like, oh, here's this rare pull that you might get, or here's this new thing, or...
0: It's like, oh, you completed level three, here's a sexy lady. Her stats are garbage, but, like, don't you like this anime art of a sexy lady? And it's like, I mean, I guess, it's fine. Um... Everything is boring in this. I don't have a single nice thing to say. I guess it's not buggy. I guess it's not buggy.
2: Unless there's little bugs on your island?
0: And oh. It's like, I mean, what would the bug be? There's nothing, there are no features here. Wow.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if it's like, it's a whole thing.
1: Did you want to use that to get into something that is much buggier, but is more satisfying to play?
0: <laughs> sure, that could be a, that could be a transition, Jen.
1: Yeah, uh, both of us have been playing the new Saints Row. <laughs>
0: This is your game. You lead the you lead the conversation on this.
1: Well, I had a different game I was going to talk about too, but sure, yeah, it's uh... you know
0: the rules, Jen.
1: Okay, you get yeah. One. <laughs> So, also,
0: you were like, I didn't play anything. How am I going to talk? You do this every time.
2: Every single time. Like, <laughs> in the conversation in this household is, oh, I didn't play anything. Jed, when I come home, you are playing something. Okay? Okay. No, so but... do you want to talk about the Saints Row? Or do you want to talk about your other really bad decision?
1: Let's talk about Saints Row. Okay. <laughs> Saints Row is like a reboot of sorts uh, to a long-standing open-world crime series that kind of came out. What
2: is Saints Row? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about this really popular franchise that people know about.
1: <laughs> well, its its main thing, like, at least at the beginning, was basically, okay, there's not a next-gen Grand Theft Auto on the 360. Here's your Grand Theft Auto. And uh, it kind of started out like that, but as time went on, it got more of its voice to the point where... It just kept getting more and more ridiculous. Like, at a certain point, you became president of the world. You go back and forth through cyberspace. You make extraterrestrial moves. One of your lieutenant's Johnny Gat goes to hell. It's, It's something that, like, as it kept going, it kept getting more of a voice and... ...figure out how to tell some really incredible jokes and made you care about the characters. But after a certain point, it also just became untenable in terms of like, okay, we've pushed the envelope way too far in this. We gotta figure out a way to dial it back. And, uh... Okay,
0: so, Jen. Yeah? Cover Kyrie's eyes for me.
2: Okay. Let me take out my glasses. I don't want them smudged.
1: Yeah?
0: Kyrie, you were snarky about the explanation of Saints Row for an audience... When did Saints Row 4 come out? Hold on. Mm hmm.
2: Saints Row 4. Like the original release of 4?
0: The original release of 4. I will say, Get Out of Hell technically came out after that, but nobody gives a single shit about Get Out of Hell or played it. 2014. 2013, you were close. Nine years ago. Okay. Yeah. Fair.
2: It's Literally been a while. A decade. I don't know. <laughs> that is true. That It's been, like, it "Got Out of Hell was, like, 2014. Um, I mean, I, I guess it's just for me, I've always, like, had, like, Saints Row, like, in, like, there was, like, a weird presence for Saints Row, like, in hmm. the gaming community, because I think after a certain point, there was, like, a turn that happened where, like, you have people who... Say like, oh, Grand Theft Auto is like the the like more bigger game or whatever, but then at a certain point people started being like, Actually those Saints Road games are actually more fun and interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. That's well, that's kinda
2: like, like here's Carrie-Eye doing being hyperbolic again, yeah. But you're right. It has been a while since a mainline Saints. Road. Oh, right, and then there was Agents of Mayhem. Yeah. Right. Which was um, a
1: ma- Massive disaster and caused a lot of layoffs and stuff at Volition. So, yeah. For a while, they've been on the back foot, and now they're making their grand return with Saints Row 2022. And uh unfortunately, it... Well, I guess we can't tell how well it's going for them because we're not seeing any sales just yet, but uh it's kind of getting a tepid response just because it released an estate that's like not the greatest and then you also have people online like this whole alt-right contingency being like "Uh, get woke go broke and all that but uh yeah so far i've been playing it and i'm quite enjoying it when it's not doing something that is completely broken
2: (laughs) but the thing is like with the tone of saints row like yes obviously you don't want shit to be too broken But at a certain level, there are some things you want to keep in because it's really funny to drive a car into a fire hydrant and you start spinning in midair.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, fire hydrants are a highlight of this game. Just There's a bit that I uploaded on Twitter where I was already getting out of one flip and drove into a fire hydrant and it helped me clear a 50-foot traffic sign without hitting it. (laughs) It was pretty awesome. Uh It's less awesome when you go into a mode like insurance fraud, which is supposed to be kind of like skates, um, whole ragdoll into traffic and see how much damage you can cause yourself. And as soon as I jump into it, cars just stop spawning and I'm just staring at an empty street being like, okay, how the fuck am I supposed to rack up a million dollars in insurance fraud if there's no cars to fraud myself on top of? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, there's something about this new rebooted tone that's like, okay, it is still absolutely balls the wall ridiculous. Like, uh, you s- your first day in a private military contractor, you watch a trailer that's basically ripped straight out of Starship Troopers in terms of, like, showing how the training for all these, for this specific PMC has, like, a 5% mortality rate and shows people getting squished on the walls... And then you take out this notorious gang leader um, by attaching yourself to his jet, and he's just constantly trying to do flips to get you off it. And then you get back to your little headquarters for this place called Marshall, and they don't give you any sort of bonus. And with even doing all that, you don't have enough to make rent for you and your three other friends. (laughs)
0: yeah there's a general like tone to the writing and i think like at times it is a like clumsy about it right like i don't think it always nails it but the like people are it comes across as very like millennial or zoomer you know sort of that that borderline between right Mm -hmm. because people are constantly talking about how like jobs are bullshit people are constantly like there's a lot of joyous doomer going on in a way that I, I is the tone I personally appreciate.
1: Yeah, and like at the very beginning after you customize your character, it does a flash forward where you more or less show how well you're doing through an extended TikTok of you and your crew just running around the church doing DJ stuff, getting into a mosh pit and stuff like that cutting to your boss character being covered in dirt at a graveyard as someone is betraying you.
0: Yeah.
2: And also with that tone thing, you two, like, both of you kind of, like, mentioned, either on Twitter or on our Discord or whatever, about how there's this protracted sequence in which you, like, the boss has a single frozen waffle in their, like, freezer, and you are having this big struggle to even toast that. That's
0: after your struggle to get out of bed. This is part of the whole sequence where you've been fired and are depressed.
1: (laughs) Yep. Important context. And I do love the objective marker, toast your lonely waffle. (laughs) But yeah, it's... I really love the cast of characters you have with you. Like, they're all ridiculous in their own way, but even a few hours in, they're already finding ways to give you pathos for certain characters, like, uh... There's this, uh, like, basically the mechanic in your group, she is dealing with, uh, she basically has her car stolen and totaled by her former, her former gang leader, and she goes into how, like, she was keeping the car as a memento of her mother who had to stop driving it after she got on chemotherapy and stuff, and, like, it just knows how to slip into moments like that sometimes, and they end up working despite the rest of the tone being so tongue-in-cheek around it. Like, five minutes before that, you had a character who was like, okay, we're going to make this person talk by screwing with their ride, and instead of taking out bats to screw with this person's ride, you go into vehicle customization and you just start messing with the sliders (laughs) as they scream, no, what are you doing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I think one of the things that's worth, like, mentioning on that front is like the way so there are basically three gangs one of them is in theory not a gang but the game treats it as a gang because that's true right Mm -hmm. here are the gangs marshall pmc corporate culture doesn't treat people like people los panteros which is a gang that is all about family, but that's a fucking front to talk to basically just put one guy in the center and talk about how great he is, right? And everyone just has to love this one guy. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then there's the idols who are like woke leftists who are, you know, and like it presents this in a good way because the whole game is pretty left, I would say overall, but it talks about the kind of leftist who just writes off everyone, right? Because it's like, oh, these are people who in theory are, fighting for ordinary folks but really they're like listen you're either with us or you're a tool as a machine and it's like dog sometimes you have to participate in capitalism even though you don't fucking want to shut up um those are the three types of villains and i think it says a lot about what the game is trying to say because it's just about people who are you know they turn to crime like the first crime you commit Besides a war crime, probably in that opening mission um, is you get home and you're like, shit, we don't have enough money to make rent. And it's like, well, this is a crime game. Let's go rob somebody. Let's go rob a payday loan store. Nobody gives a fuck about them. They're assholes. It's like, yeah, they are. And I appreciate this perspective on it where like... Obviously, over the course of this game, it is a crime game. You are probably going to hurt people who don't deserve it. But when they can, they point the crosshairs at people who are just shitheads, because there are so fucking many preying on ordinary folks.
2: And that's, like, the thing that is, like, Saints Row at its best would be able to—are able to deliver moments of, like, pathos and understanding, even in its more—like, some of the comedy— of, like, three and four, um, are, is not, like, super great, all told, but I remember this, like, really great, um, essay by, um, Chris Franklin, like, a long time ago about, like, camp, and, or not camp, about, like, I think it's the word is, like, kitsch or something like that, how, like, the characters just kind of bond with each other over the, like, mundane or over, like, pop songs and, like, trashy TV, and, The connection here is that, like, when you say that this game very much understands that sometimes people are unwilling participants, people are, for the most part, unwilling participants in capitalism and things like that. And it shows that Saints Row as a series has always been more interested in why people come together and, like, do stuff more than, you know, know, Grand Theft Auto's nihilism, right?
0: Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, I, I've never, truth be told, like, I, you know, I've played a bunch of, like, Grand Theft Auto games, but, like, I've never connected with any of those characters because they don't want you to connect with these characters in some ways. Like, besides maybe, you know, San Andreas and Vice City to a certain degree, but those are, like, way, way older at this point. Um, but, like... Saints Row has, in my mind, like, always had, like, room for pathos and, like, connections and understanding. I'm glad that this new game seems to understand that part of the series.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, like, the design of this specific city um, just looks really nice. There's something to the way that they nail this American Southwest feel that uh, feels very true to life and also just... It's a nice change of pace for, like, even something like Grand Theft Auto V, which tried to get in on the Sun Trenched Vibes too. But, uh, they just deploy... They just do a very good job of making a believable looking place in this, I'd say. It's slightly less believable that you can just... You would ever do something like put a, um, illegal waste dump, like, five feet away from your headquarters, but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you do what you can to rack up money in your various illegal jobs. Yeah.
0: And, like, uh, one thing that I feel like has, has always encapsulated how much GTA sucks, and in ways how some of the old Saints Rose have as well, honestly, mm-hmm. is, like, stuff like, oh, there's, like, and, and, you know, you play San Andreas and their billboard, billboards for a soda called Spunk. And it's like, oh, get it? It's a cum joke. And it's just like a lot of, like, the world building is like, check it out. It's it's like jokes about how people are stupid and just immature sex shit, right? To and be
1: fair, Saints Row, like, from the beginning had a, a Wendy's thing called Freckle Bitches. And I was this... about
0: to say this. I said Saints Row was also part of the problem, right? Uh-huh. But let's take some examples from this new Saints Row. There is a, uh, a pop-up clothing store called My Ex's Stuff, Everything Must Go. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's genuinely
2: very funny.
0: There is a protection racket that the gangs are running that is a side activity, which is basically Yelp-based. And it's like, oh, we well, don't worry, we'll protect your business. We will respond with violence to anyone who gives you a negative rating more forces depending on how few stars they give you and so it's a self like it's a self like imposing challenge where you're like oh this this place is owned by los panteros i'm gonna give them once no no it's a bad part of town two stars i don't want to (laughs) die
1: yeah and they have unique they have unique writing for each star rating for each business it's pretty good (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um. It's like if nothing else by like all by completely by by Saints Row completely having no problem acknowledging that it's a goofy wacky like video game or whatever, that's what allows it to catch you off guard with pathos or get you like invested in the goings on, or just tell like genuinely funny jokes that aren't like mean spirited, like. And to bring this too back to like you know Saints Row Three or whatever, like I just remember like Saints Row Three really is kind of like the game that helped codify this like new direction for the series because you just have a moment where the boss meets like fucking Bert Reynolds who's the mayor of the town and they're just excited to meet Burt Reynolds, you know yeah. Like, that sort of humor is way funnier to me. It's just, like, people just being genuinely excited about something going on in the world, or these characters just hanging out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's the thing that reminds me of, like, Watch Dogs 2, which is, like, my other big favorite open world game, because, like, you just have various moments where Marcus and Wrench are geeking out over watching a specific 80s film together, and finally getting a chance to drive one of the cars from that movie and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. I was saying like this sort of like counter to the nihilism of like like of Grand Theft Auto. Um like Saints Row will look at a bleak situation, you know, capitalism or whatever the world that we live in, and still acknowledges there's still fun to be had to you know driving your friend around town trying to get like their favorite hamburger at like a dumb like restaurant right Uh yeah
1: and it's and hey it's great to find the most ridiculous fucking southern accent voice for my character and make her like a vampire cowboy complete with like (laughs) knuckles on the side a gigantic rancher's hat sometimes a duster cowboy boots, that kind of thing. It it just lets you go all out on the ridiculousness in a way that I appreciate without, like, as one of the Volition creatives described Saints Row 4, Moonraker. <laughs> and if you're ever
0: like, you know what, I went too far. Anytime you're not in the middle of a mission or a cutscene, you can just pull up your phone and recustomize your character.
1: Yep, don't even have to drive back to a base. You can just do it whenever. Yeah, it's it's great. Like, that...
2: Like that, those moments of self-expression, and how the series has also done well with, like, basically allowing you know non like like non-binary gender presentation just by the like the very nature of like character creators. You know, famously, I believe um, Sid Meier is something talked about how like no, like programmers have to add gender to like their character creators or something like that. You don't actually have to put it there. You could just let people add parts or like different types of shirts or whatever to the character creator and people will be fine. Yeah.
1: You know? Like not to go all TMI or whatever, but this game has both a boob slider and a bulge slider. So it's great that I can just customize both and be like, "Okay, here's someone that looks kind of like me." That that fucking rules. Um Jed, I hear,
0: like, I have the biggest dick bulge, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Jed's like, I keep, it's like, it's, uh, you'll be like, damn, is that a bowling ball, or?
1: <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, but yeah, like, it's just nice to see games with, like, it's nice to see games like to do both because some people just have both, and it's cool.
2: Or more specifically, the idea that, like, like even notoriously conservative nintendo on sometimes get this right where it's just asking what is your presentation rather than what is your gender although they still Mm -hmm. mess it up but you know neither here nor there
1: yeah all that said i'm not sure if i'm gonna keep playing it for right now because there have been enough issues that have been close to game breaking that i'm kind of worried to touch it sometimes like uh More specifically, you can just get into a situation where you stop earning perks, and in order to recover that, you have to load a save before, whenever the game decided, okay, we're not going to let you earn perks anymore. Um, There's situations where people have run into something so game-breaking that it affected all the previous separated saves, and uh, there's just a lot they have to clean up right now, especially like... I feel like the performance could be better. Like it's I specifically chose to run it at 1080p, the best frame rate option, and it's still getting to situations where if a few too many things are happening on screen or if I'm driving down a particular road, it can just fucking tank. But uh yeah, I'm really hopeful that uh after a month or so, hopefully it runs a lot better because yeah, if if it ends as well as it If it ends as well as it has begun, it's going to be up there with my favorite open world games right next to Watch Dogs 2 or Sleeping Dogs.
0: I will say, I have only had one bug. It was pretty obnoxious. Um, I had it just um, in the middle of a loading screen. Just like, oh, it just loaded forever. And I had to restart the game and I lost uh, a mission progress and it was a long mission. But otherwise... That is the only bug I've encountered. Seems like I've been lucky and I've certainly played less than Jen, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And when I brought up the traffic bug earlier, I had a, I had someone else who was a game journalist at me to be like, yeah, I've had the exact same thing and it prevented me from ever doing that specific mission. So yeah, there, there's definitely some stuff out there that needs to be fixed, but. Fingers crossed it all gets fixed.
2: I I am sure they are aware of it, and the way most of these games work is there's almost always, like, a crew working on fixing up the release because of how modern game development works.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, it certainly sounds from reviews like it was way more buggy before launch, um, and... So that's a good sign that they're fixing things. And also, uh, you brought up earlier concern about the sales. The only number I have so far is that it exceeded pre-order expectations.
2: Okay, so yeah, it's probably doing fine. And also, expectations be what they are. But also, open world games are very prone to a lot of, like, bugs. Because that's a lot of shit that, like, there's a lot of interactions in almost any video game. But, like, quadruply so with, like... Open world games,
1: yeah,
0: yep. All
2: right, so,
0: so from uh, from freedom of expression to freedom of c- com...
2: freedom of combat to do to do combat anywhere that I choose, including my work's break room.
0: That's right, J- Kyrie has gotten into picking random fights. She carries brass knuckles now.
2: Exactly. I see someone on the street, they make eye contact, and we just go, hey, and we just start doing uppercuts and fireballs. <laughs> it's,
0: it's like Bancho Badass Rumble, or Badass Brawl, right? Where yeah. you make eye contact and you have the mini game to, to shit talk, where you, like, cry to your mama, and then yeah, you get the exactly. first punch. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: So, um, I'm not necessarily talking about a specific game, but my relationship to fighting games have changed a little bit with a piece of hardware. Um, so... Let me just lean over it so I can look at the... Here it is. So, for my birthday this year, my brother generously got me an 8-bit dough arcade stick. So, at first, this is like... It's a super unassuming like piece of like tech like it's a fight stick fight sticks are well understood or whatever you know it's made from the Sanwa buttons levers all that but the thing that makes it special is well many things i found one it has like as bluetooth connection so it can connect to switch and it can also connect to your pc but if you can't somehow connect it to the pc it has this like little usb dongle that it just hides right in the case that you just plug into a pc or you can use almost any usb-c cable to plug it into like ac to usb a c2 usb-a cable plug it into a pc and it's read as an x-input controller but the thing about it that is so special is that it's small it's lightweight and it being able to connect to both switch and pc i find myself playing a little a few more fighting games nowadays um and it's really, like... So the stick that I was using prior was the Mad Cat's TE2. Yes, the Mad Cat's TE2. Now, that's a great stick. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I've been using it for years.
1: Yeah, that's... I have one of those myself, too. It's great. Um, I think you have the TE+, plus? I'm not sure. Okay. But, like,
2: a 6, I know definitely you have, like, either TE2 or TE2+. Plus that. neither here nor there it's a great stick that i've been using for a fairly long time nearly a decade i guess at this point well less than that because uh probably got it 2015 2016 something like that but here's the thing mad cats is now a shell of a company and getting it like drivers to run on pc is like a huge pain and is like good for ps3 and ps4 stuff but Ultimately, I needed a stick to hook up to the systems I'm playing fighting games on much more frequently. And my Switch kind of surprisingly became one of those systems.
0: No, you sicko.
2: Yes, (laughs) I am quite a sicko of being able to play fighting games kind of (laughs) wherever.
1: Yeah, not to mention that, like, there's a bunch of... It has that whole arcade archive and other things, so, like... There's a bunch of just, like, classic arcade games you can play that work really well with a stick setup.
2: But, but more importantly, um, it is a decently sized, fully featured fight stick that I can throw in a bag and just... So, I bought, like, DBFC recently on my Switch, and I, I've known for a while that the Switch version of that game runs pretty good. Like, the load times are a little long, but... Once you're in the game, it really doesn't matter all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, this really actually kind of got started when uh, someone on Twitter was selling a uh, cheap copy of UniClear for um, Switch. And I was like, eh, why not? I'll, I'll play UniClear Because my initial thinking was I have a uh, a friend of mine. He loads a bunch of fighting games on his Switch, but he, he has like a Switch Lite. And it's like, oh, it's just kind of fun. To like play these games against CPUs or whatever in bed or something. I was like, all right, I, why not? I like fighting games. I'm going to give this a try. Try to play it in a little bit more casual of an atmosphere. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. I could really, I could just kind of switch between both of those like mindsets in a way. Um, Because if you're just playing casually, like UniClear or DBZ on the Switch, it works great. Obviously, if it was something where I wanted to train for a tournament or whatever, I'd be using, like, the PC on my really good, like, low, you know, low-lag monitor or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if I just want to go out there and just, like, do some fucking combos and just play casual, like, mode online or whatever, it is perfectly serviceable. Or if I want to take it to other places and play with other people, it just works really well. Um... And so it's gotten me in this thinking of, like, trying to engage with it. Like, I I, genuinely, I, I do have a issue sometimes where I play fighting games. I get just a little too serious about it. And that's something I've had to acknowledge where, like, I can get frustrated or, you know, worry too much about, like, the minutia of things and not, like, have as much fun as I did when I was just, you know a teenager loading up guilty gear or king of fighters on my xbox and not really caring about like high technical execution shit or whatever and just playing around with it um and the like that the fight stick has kind of opened that up for me in a lot of ways
0: so you're saying it's not back to the lab anymore you never left
2: it's more that like I can choose to like be at like my work's break room and decide to lab Kefla combos or whatever or I could just be like fuck it I'm just gonna make a stupid team and play against CPUs and just have a good time like you know because this is controversial statement or whatever video games sometimes are just supposed to be kind of fun In something that you just, you know, enjoy in different contexts. Like, it sounds weird to say, but I really have seriously had this issue of, like, I get too serious and I get too invested. It's, like, sometimes I'd rather just, you know, I want to get back to, like, playing these in a more fun, casual, like, setting. Um, And there's still room to play even seriously because, like, the stick is really good. When I hook it up to my PC, like... With the, like, cable and stuff, and it doesn't, like, I don't, I think the lag the controller may produce is mostly negligible. But if I want to just clear that worry out of my mind, I just plug it in, and I can focus in on the idea of learning new, like, tech routes of, like, combos. Or, like, I've been playing Tekken recently, and that's Mm -hmm. been a lot of fun. And it's, like, it's kind of reminded me in some ways why i enjoy fighting games in general
1: (laughs) yeah sometimes all it takes is the right setup to make you like hunker down and be like okay yeah this is something i want to spend more time with and it's something i love kind of like how when i switched out my e-reader like i've been reading a ton of fucking books since my great
2: yeah you got like a cute little like low impact like e-reader and that's completely like made it a lot easier to just set up and play, or not set up and play, but set up and read. Yeah. And the thing that the stick does is, like, I can, like, hooking it up to the Switch is, like, super fucking effortless. Not just because I already have it paired, but it's like, oh, just hold down the sync button, and the the Switch, like, kind of figures it out. And it also opens up the possibility of, like... I'm at, like, say, a, a convention hotel where I am, like, waiting somewhere and I have the game set up and someone wants to play. And then at that point, I can still play with the stick or let them use it while I use, like, the Joy-Cons or something. Like, I don't know. It just opens up a lot of, like, personal possibilities and also social possibilities. Because yeah. part of the fun of fighting games, of course, is, like, someone looking over your shoulder... And just be like, hey, this looks cool. Can you show me how this works? And now I can either just hand over the stick or or I hold on to it because I'm more comfortable that way. And just set up, like, the controllers and just play,
1: you know? Yeah. With that new fight stick plus your Switch, you're kind of like... A world war here now, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I like. I'm. I'm
2: almost tempted to get another just for the uh, the ability to be like at a con or something. It just. You know, pull out the two, like, fight sticks and set up the little Switch somewhere and just play, like, these games with other people.
1: Yeah, I I heard it even has you considering, like, a Switch OLED because it has a slightly bigger screen. And also you can just straight up use the kickstand because the kickstand on the base Switch kind of sucks.
2: The kickstand is about as flimsy as a piece of, like, bubble gum. (laughs) Like, I swear to God. But... Yeah, like, I, I'm almost considering getting an OLED just for the be- better viewing angles and stuff, but...
0: Um, I, I'm i okay. glad this has done such wonders for you. I do, however, want to warn you, mm-hmm. and also, Jen, to, to keep an eye on you, because you are heading into, like, bathroom Melty Blood territory. Oh, I've
2: been there. <laughs> I've been <laughs> oh, no. there already. Oh, no. I'm gonna buy Melty Blood and do Necalark sets at, like... <laughs> I'm gonna
1: <laughs> tweet out at AUSA, it's like, hey... Meet me in this bathroom. We're gonna run work sets. I'm getting dinner at the Taco Bell. Anyone want to find a table and throw down? <laughs> or whatever.
0: It's, that's we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna find you at your lowest, playing Ultra Fight Decanta Two in a strip club.
1: <laughs> See, the point where I started to think, "Oh no," was when she brought up how she wants to start building a hitbox because <laughs> hitboxes like. They are interesting controllers, but I also think that the people who use them are, like, some serious motherfuckers who just... <laughs> yeah,
2: because they win world championships, Jennifer. <laughs> it's,
1: it also reminds good, me, it's,
0: it's also reminds, just good on your wrists.
2: Yes, um, like, genuinely, I have noticed recently at work, because I do a lot of typing at work, sometimes, like, my wrist... This is something I, I am going to, like, go to a doctor about because, like, my wrists are starting to get a little tighter in some uh, instances. And maybe it'd be good for my wrist health to occasionally play on something that is, like, a little bit better ergonomically. Also, you can do KBDs, like, way, way fucking easier with, like, buttons, you know?
1: Yeah. I just feel like I'm going to look over one day and you're going to have this uh, shoebox you filled with... uh electronic wiring and buttons and on the top of it is like a Neko arc smoking a fat blunt
2: that's not too bad of me too.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> or
2: I could I could use one of the boxes for uh one of our model kits and like somehow like well I would want to build an actual like box and then just like make it up here to be like uh, a Gundam model kit but also have the buttons on top I don't know <laughs> we'll figure it out but but yeah, there is something to be said about like sometimes like it really is finding that like one piece of hardware that helps you like engage or in my case re-engage with something I've already know I like um like I, like I, I'm tr- I i can not think of like too many other examples, but there is this sort of like, Maybe it's just because I'm sick of everything just being touchscreens or whatever. It's like sometimes I just want, like, a different piece of hardware to interact with something. But it's been a little freeing, again, to just throw my Switch and Fight Stick into a bag and just leave it in my locker at work and then when I'm on my lunch break, just, you know, pulling it out and just playing, like, playing, just playing some fucking games, you know? Like, it's, it's freeing. In a lot of ways, I'm really thankful that you know my my brother and his wife like like got it for me for my birthday. You know,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something about taking a non standard controller and kind of making it yours that can lead to a much more intimate environment. I'd say with games like oh yeah, I like... I love my custom Xbox controller that I use for PC games. Um, I have the 8-BitDo thing I usually use instead of the Switch Pro controller Mm -hmm. when I want to do some platforming. And, like, uh, I've even been looking at, like, those phone controllers that you can basically just snap the phone into because there's some really cool stuff there, too.
2: Right. And quickly on the 8-BitDo arcade stick, one thing, since it is using Sanwa parts, I can just change out these buttons if I ever want to do that. Like, if I want to put in, like, right now, you know, they're kind of kind of loud i can put in like some silent buttons if i really wanted to especially if i'm playing in more public areas but you know besides but it's like it looks nice it's it's modeled after the old um nes advantage mm. um which is like a really nice look so you have like a really stark like black and red buttons but the best like the thing that i really appreciate about it is that in the upper left, it has like a thing that's it's like it's either in Switch mode or in um, Xbox mode. If you have it in Switch mode, it just has a little light up display on the lettering that shows like Switch letters, like for you know ZR ZL. But if you put it in Xbox mode, it shows Xbox buttons. Oh, that's nice. It's a really nice feature <laughs> because it's just and again, since it's using X input, a lot, a lot of like major titles, like even you know like indie titles you know use that sort of like universal input um, mm-hmm. like when i was doing that stream with uh, ada like when we were playing um the uh umaneco fighting game it's like oh yeah this just works and it works great um so it's just a really wonderful well-built piece of hardware
0: nice yeah i'm glad you you know finding lab time at least for me is always hard partially because i'm like it's not just, like, oh, I don't have time. Uh, if I'm at home, I'm like, but oh, I could be doing something else, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, in the break room, only so many things you can be doing. And sometimes it's nice to, like, even if you could, you know, be playing something more, I don't know, like, engaging in a certain way, uh, it's nice to have just this, like, you know, activity to sort of sink yourself into to relax.
2: Because, yeah. you know, there's a certain, like, you know, like, especially with the types of games I like to play, like, I can do certain combos for, you know, DBFC or Uniclear just without even thinking, and there is something, like, really rewarding. It's it's the thing that's rewarding about, you know, doing combos in fighting games in general, like, in a non-high-stress environment, of just mm-hmm. being like, I just know this. I just know, like, like, you're just on autopilot in some ways, and it frees your brain to, like think about like to think about the game but also to like kind of clear out the noise you know where i'm just thinking about like oh how do i deal with this mix-up or whatever but even if i'm losing against like a like a you know point hit right and it's like oh he's doing the stupid mix-up again or whatever it's like "Eh, whatever it's just you know i'm just playing out of here and that's been just really good for my mental health in a lot of ways excellent yeah uh but yeah if you are ever li- it's also just a really good starter stick as well if you're ever curious about like investing in fighting sticks it's only like 90 bucks or something like that which is
0: pretty cheap but it's like becoming my favorite stick so you know yeah i mean you can get cheaper sticks but it's also a case where like it is a affordable it is a relatively cheap stick that then you won't have to replace right because right. that's, that's the real thing, right? Is like there are people who are like, I don't want to, you know, I'm going to spend $40 on this stick. It's like, okay, and then you're going to buy a $130 stick in a year. So Right,
2: yeah, you're going to, like, want to improve. But also, this thing is sturdy enough that, like, you know, when my niece gets old enough, I'll probably be able to just hand it to her and, you know, let her use it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I should get oh those buttons look right. I might I should get some like light blue buttons. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to think about it. Some people have been doing some fun mods.
1: Yeah, there's uh, this one YouTuber I follow, Wolfden, who replaced the fighting stick with WASD computer keys. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, that's not. Let
0: me, um, that's that don't what is me that me. called? I forget what that's called. Um, it's like a. I know mi- what you're talking about. It's like a mix box or something. Mix box. Like that? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Mix box is kind of yeah. like the thinking. There, and yeah. I think they sell mixed box kits where you can replace just about any, like, arcade stick, like, just joystick with, like, the, um, the, uh, four keys for input. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think it looks abysmal, but if it works for you, you know, go for it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it for this month. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say on the hardware. Yeah, I'm just thankful that I have it, you know.
0: All right. Well, Kyrie, where can people find you on the Internet? Oh, there is one one thing. Okay. All yeah, right. Well, you said I, you were done. All I right. Thought, no, no, no. I I'm just saying it's a what deal. is
2: something that we did this month that we are proud of. <laughs>
0: I took a really good shit this morning. I don't know. What the fuck do you want from me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know. I was really happy with that um, Dragon Ball Super episode that we did like, on, that for Oops All episode. Anime. That was a really fun episode to do. It was fun to go out to the movies and um, watch a new Dragon Ball thing and talk mm-hmm. with it with Alan. And that was just a really fun episode. I'm really glad that we did it.
1: As for me, I'm really happy with our Hakuoki Edo Blossoms episode of Novel Not New. Like... It's a lot of mixed feelings that we're moving from Abnormal Mapping to Patreon there, but, like, it's something I'm super excited for. And, uh, yeah, we're gonna be playing a lot of really cool games in the future, like Tsukihime. Tsukihime? So, <laughs> you truly killed that shit. Thank you.
0: Kama Yamama. Um... Yeah, I think I think my pick is uh, one of the recent episodes of Mechanista and G we did was on uh, SD Gundam World Heroes designs. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the reason I like that one is because usually the way this goes is, uh, on that show, where we talk about mostly designs from, from Gundam, um, is that Dylan is like, hey, here's this design, let me convince you it's good. And sometimes I'm like, I'm already there. And sometimes I'm like, okay, convince me. And this was a time where Dylan went in, like, oh, no, these things, these things are horrible, and slowly begrudgingly had to admit that they're pretty cool. Uh, and that was fun.
2: That, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um,
0: also, we did an episode on uh, uh, planes from Ace Combat, and that was really fun.
2: That sounds great, yeah. Um, but all right. You can find me on the internet at kiria page on twitter.com that is where I just post everything every every single thought that comes into my brain I usually I usually post it but also um, by the time you heard this the new episode of Ultimate Despair Reprise is out um, and also uh, you can you can follow that show at udespaircast on twitter on the bird site
1: you can find me on twitter at jbu3 and pretty much all my work going forward is on scanline media dot media.com or patreon.com slash scanline media
0: uh you can find me on twitter at sixdetmar s-i-x-d-e-t-t-m-a-r uh and you can find my work the same place as, as, as these folks
2: yep we've been we had a lot, a lot of good stuff that came out in august um and it's, we've also been making changes to the Patreon, but I think there are a lot of really positive changes, and mm-hmm. yeah, we're you know what, I'm just, I'm happy always doing these podcasts with y'all and what we've been doing lately so, and Oz, you know for the people at home, thank you for supporting us and listening to us as well, well
0: and Indeed. until next time, folks peace out
1: see ya, later